Welcome to Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast where fans who aren't ready to let go and newcomers to the series are ready to jump in. I'm Drew Shulman. And I'm Marie Vigourou. In this episode, we're doing a recap of Supernatural Season 4 through the theme of family. Let's get this show on the road. Wow, wow, wow. We don't have the music for this live. We I really could pipe in the music. I don't know why we like we really should just figure that out one day. I mean, I'm gonna honestly, get a soundboard. We really should. We really I'm gonna get a soundboard. That way, after all my bad jokes, I can get like a wah wah. <laughs> Giving you a soundboard would be very dangerous, I feel. Like it would just be like constant. I mean, listeners have not heard yet, but we got some soundboard-esque moments in an upcoming episode. <laughs> That's very true. But the, the, the first episode in a while where Rochelle had to give me a note of, um, maybe tone this down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm, I'm very excited to hear it. So as a reminder, Drew, you set the bar pretty high when you recapped season two and then season three. So I'm very excited. Uh to hear what you have in store today. So I'm going to give you two minutes to recap all of season four. Okay. Count me down. All right. Three, two, one, go. We have Dean back from hell. Magically angels are a thing and they saved him. We have these 66 seals that are locking Lucifer away and we have to stop the devils, the demons from breaking them. And we get to meet more angels like Uriel, who's a dick and a bad guy. And then Anna, who forgot she was an angel, and it now is mysterious and missing. But we also get more demons, like Alistair, the head torturer of hell, who's kind of Dean's boss in hell, I guess. That's a weird thing to explain. Uh, we also get a prophet, our, our first prophet, I'm assuming our only prophet, uh, who it turns out has been writing Supernatural, the book series, which is basically everything we've been watching, but smuttier. Uh, Sam and Dean begin to butt heads after, you know, Sam kind of comes clean about the whole, oops, I've been drinking demon blood and I have an addiction. Uh, they fight, they split up, uh, and then it turns out Ruby has been manipulating Sam this entire time as I expected but didn't want to believe. Dean is trapped in a beautiful hotel room and can't do much until Cass swoops in to save the day. And it's all too late. Ruby's plan comes to fruition. Lucifer is rising and we fade to white. But of course, no recap is done without explaining what the hell they face this season. We got angels, ghosts in the past, Azazel in the past, a Ruguru, a Dracula, a mummy, an accurate werewolf, finally? No, just a shapeshifter. Ghost disease, ancient witches, a wishing well, more angels, and a big bad demon. Some poor tortured children, an immortal magician, the ghost of a bully, a sexy siren. Demons try to kill death. Angels try to kill angels. The perils of living a nine-to-five work life. Uh, and I guess a ghost, too. Chuck the Prophet and Lilith makes an appearance and tries to be sexy. Surprise, you have a third brother. Surprise, it's actually ghouls. Surprise, you had a brother? Demons after Cass's vessel. Sam is forced into rehab against his will. And goodbye, Liv. Goodbye, Ruby. Hello, Lucy. Did I miss anything? No, I, I, I think you got it all. Although I have to say, hearing this, I feel like Adam fans are going to hate us. <laughs> Does Adam have, like, not to say that you shouldn't be a fan of Adam. I thought he was a great character. Are Adam fans a thing? Yes, absolutely. Adam fans are a thing. Does he exist beyond this single episode? Uh, I mean, 
he's dead, right? Yeah, like I don't assume. Like, also, this is the show where I say there's no way they'd bring him back from the dead and make him a character again suddenly. I look at the chat as I expect weird emojis. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh Elsa. goodness. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was congratulations. I feel, I feel like I can become an auctioneer one of these days. Maybe that's in your future. <laughs> I believe we have a long game to get into. Yes, we do. So. As we've done a recap in the past, instead of a long game this week, we'll be reflecting on what we have gone through over the seasons uh, as a podcast and as a team. Uh, and I would like to have you begin, my dear. Well, I would be happy to. Thank you very much. Okay, so this season, um, I think it's probably the season that we've worked on the least. And I don't mean to say that we didn't work on it, right? Because Or, or that we didn't put time into it, because that's, that's, that's not true. We really did. Um, but I, I remember like how it used to take us like an hour and a half to record one episode and then like even extra time before and after like to just kind of like get our ducks in a row. And then like now we're down to recording them in like one hour flat, except of course for the episodes with Carol. And I want to apologize to Rochelle about that. But like well, we love you, Carol. <laughs> we we do love we do love chatting with Carol. And we like also before, like we couldn't record more than one per week because it was just too much. Like it was too much prep, too much record, t- record, recording time. Like it was just too much. But now we're easily recording two per week. And like, I also recorded a whole other 10 episode podcast on our flag means death uh, over eight weeks. So like, I'm really sorry to be using a gym metaphor, but I feel like muscle memory is starting to kick in. Like we've been lifting heavy for a while now. I'm so sorry about this. And like, even on a bad day, we're still able to lift pretty heavy. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, We went to Montreal Comic-Con, which was so much fun, apart from you twisting your ankle. I'll let you tell that story. So yeah, so all that time that we weren't recording, we basically spent it like prepping our episodes better and like moving our entire library to new hosting. And we also have something so freaking cool coming up and it's been (laughs) actual torture not telling you all about it. I just can't wait for that. Oh my God, I know, I know, I know. Oh man, the stuff we have coming. Okay. Uh, But yeah, this, this new like structure to our behind the curtain kind of process, you know, it's... It's also opened new doors. Don't forget this season, we also both guested on the Gate Leapers uh, and got to, you know, match wits in a supernatural fandom battle, which I won. That's uh, true. You did. Yeah. Uh, and I even had time to go back and do another episode, this time showing off my knowledge of Avatar The Last Airbender. The mm-hmm. episode is out now. You can hear me not win. Um, spoilers. Still worth a listen. It was fun. with a great time. Uh, and while this may sound like just plugs or you know showing off it's actually opened a lot of doors to new things both on Mm -hmm. and off the podcast you know we get a chance now to meet new people and like connect with other creators uh which allows us to like i said guest on their show reach out to people we'd like to have on our show and discuss where that would work and what that means uh and yeah being able to just do you know more uh, for me, of course, I think the biggest change this season on a personal level is the creative writing segment I've been putting into the show, which again, shout out to Rochelle who convinced me to do this. It was very much a, 
why don't you try this? And then like kept pushing me to do it. And now it's like my favorite thing to do every week. Like I, some, I, I, like I know I've gotten great responses from you, Mary. I've gotten great responses from the discord, but like when I finish writing one and I'm like, Ooh, that was fun. It like, Oh, it just feels so good. Yay. I'm so happy. I'm so, so oh, happy for you. It's been, it's been an evolutionary season. To break, away, to break away from the, the, the less than nerdy gym metaphors, I really feel like we've hit a certain new level of experience and we've evolved like a Pokemon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I used Better to be a everyone. gym rat for a very long time. So there you go. <laughs> the only gyms I is. visited were in Pokemon games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, story time. Yes, story time. So as we did last season, we're going to be looking at the season as a whole, basically, through the theme of family more specifically like how the meaning of family for Sam and Dean sort of like evolves through the season Uh, but first I realized that we've never discussed the etymology of family before okay sorry okay my my creative writing is my second favorite part of the new format (laughs) this is my favorite part etymology and learning please indulge me all right so family actually comes from the latin famulus which means servant Okay, didn't see that coming. Right. So after my initial surprise uh, at finding this out, I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because like the service aspect of it, and I sort of interpreted it as like um, the love, the attention and the dedication that family members have for one another. Hmm. You know, that makes sense. I, I feel like as soon as you started explaining it, my brain was trying to like spiral into like, how do I fit these puzzle pieces together? Mm-hmm. Realizing that people can watch me do my weird hand gestures you have <laughs> to see me do every day uh, when we record. But yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it also plays into that concept of the found family more, how it's you find people who can, I, I, again, service is kind of the, not the best word to use, but can mm-hmm. be of service to you in helping you grow and be a better person and find yourself and discover who you truly are versus just the way most people who have a standard, you know, cookie cutter family can say, mm-hmm. Oh, they're just the people I was born to and from and with. Right. Um, I, I think the way that I'm looking at serve here or service is more like how, how do your actions serve the relationship? How do your actions serve the family? Right. So that's how I'm choosing to do this. You could do it however you want, but like, that's kind of like my way of, of fitting those puzzle pieces together. Like you were saying. No, I get that. And I like that on that note, shall we talk about what family means to Sammy? Sam starts off the season thinking that he's lost all of his family. Like basically that he has no family left and the only person who he thinks seems to show him like love, attention, and dedication is Ruby. But I sort of want to like in parentheses kind of say that like Bobby does too, but we find out later that Sam had pushed him away while Dean was away. Well, well, away while Dean was in hell, um, like he had done in the trickster dream and mystery spot. So anyway, Very quickly, Sam and Ruby become very close. And like we talked about in episode one, they know each other's moves, right? Like they don't even need to talk to each other about the plan. They just make it happen, right? And so through the season, 
out of a lot of things, but I think out of like desperation and maybe like, I think some self-hatred, um, he's going to put a lot more trust in Ruby than in Dean and even Bobby for that matter. So I guess what I'm really arguing here is that Sam made Ruby his family. I'm sorry. The cats are (laughs) absolutely wild tonight. I think it's going to rain or something, or maybe it's the full moon. I don't know, but something's going on. So basically I'm thinking that Sam made Ruby, his family, his chosen family, like you were saying. And like, as we know, that ends in betrayal Um, because it's revealed that like, while Sam was showing Ruby like love, attention, and dedication, she was reserving those things for Lucifer. And that was her family. That was who she served. Um, So I think like that, well, I know that this is going to shake Sam to his core and that we're going to see the full repercussions and consequences of that in season five. Yeah, I mean, really... This just, it's like a heartbreaking realization. Like I think so much of the season and I'll be very, very transparent. I didn't like Sam. Uh, I I was rooting for him. I wanted Mm -hmm. him to turn it around and figure things out. And while he does a moment too late in this season, it really felt like a taking the easy way out. Like rather than confronting things, he was just like, here's someone who will enable everything I'm doing. Well, I mean, we've talked about this in the last few episodes about how Sam was just in so much pain and going through so much suffering that like, we didn't even notice it. Um, And that's really what guided all of his choices, especially near the end, I think. Um, But before we go there, I just want to talk very briefly, because if we're going to talk about family, we have to talk about Adam, or at least like Sam's reaction to who he thinks is Adam. Because again, we need to talk about Adam. Of course, I I just pissed off all the Adam stands. We got to correct that. (laughs) Exactly. So like, I liked the kid. I'm just saying I liked him. (laughs) Of course. And that's the thing. Like, I would have loved to actually get to know him and not like the ghoul. Right. So anyway, um, so we've talked about it, but like Sam's instinct was basically to repeat toxic patterns that he had learned from John and to a lesser degree with, from Dean um, with Adam. And I really think that this is showing us like how badly he's doing and feeling this season, because like the Sam that we knew and the Sam that will come to know, basically, he doesn't do that. No, I... Sam takes such a weirdly dark path this season. And like you said, we see it in his choosing the easy option. If we look at to mirror Sam, as we're going to do a lot this season with Dean, you know, the way Dean responds to Bobby, Bobby's able to confront Dean and say the things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Right. Sam doesn't even take, I mean, maybe it happens behind the scenes. We don't see it, but it feels like Sam doesn't get that side of it. He, Mm -hmm. rather than going to, hey, I need help, let's discuss this and get the hard answers. He goes, hey, Ruby, give me the easy out here, the path of literally least resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier to accept someone when they can accept your inner demons, literally. (laughs) Sam! And you know, when it finally does come out that 
you know, Dean's reaction is exactly what Sam expects. And again, self-fulfilling prophecy here. If you hide something this big from the person who believes they are the closest person to you, and I believe should be, yeah, there's going to be some sort of, oh my God, how do we deal with this? And of course, not the best response on Dean's part, but we'll get to that more, I'm sure. But, you know, Sam really used it as an excuse to say, yeah, you're right. I was wrong to trust you because you're trying to stop me versus the you have my best intentions, even if not executed the best. Let me go back to the person who has been doing everything she can to make me comfortable and submissive. And, well, we see where that leads you when you take the easy way out. I mean, you talk about the easy way out, but I think a lot of the choices that Sam makes in the season are not easy, right? Like, because they go against his values in many ways, I think, anyway. Um, So. But I feel like they're the easy answer when viewed through the angle of I'm doing this for the greater good, which Ruby is not even like directly pushing him towards, but Mm -hmm. just enabling him. You know, right, exactly. And we've talked about this. Yeah. Too. Sam, yeah. Sam very much. I know we're breaking from family a little bit here, but oh, essentially fine. the reason Ruby becomes family to Sam so intimately this season, and I don't mean that the way it sounds, but you know what I mean? It's essentially the fact that he is confronted with an issue. There is, and yeah, I guess the easy way isn't always the right way to think of it, but sort of the like the path of, well, I could do this thing. It's what it seems I'm supposed to do, even though I think it's morally gray or just wrong completely, but having that someone basically taking the voice in your head and amplifying it for you. Mm -hmm. And again, when you have someone who can manipulate you so much that, I mean, it's it's gaslighting 101. It is literally the like, I'm going to make you believe it's your idea and I'm just supporting you when in reality, I'm the one pushing you to do this thing. Mm. And Sam sees it as comforting he sees it as someone supporting his choices and giving him what he wants from dean a supportive brother right right Mm -hmm. i just and and honestly like i think that this really 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 stems from from self-hatred like he hates the fact that his he has demon blood in him he hates that part of him and his response to it is to lean into it, um, which isn't, which I don't think would be a bad thing if, like, he was able to like tell the truth to a child about where he's going, you know, after meeting a reaper. You know, I don't know. I think I think that those things, those things tell us a lot about how Sam is just like not himself this season at all. He's just not. Yeah, you know what, like looking, like using this as a reflection point to look back at Sam and how we kind of both agreed like he wasn't himself. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the puppet strings Ruby was pulling make a lot more sense when you look at it now of like, oh, how many of these, you know, turning points? Like if I go back to this, like behind the scene, we don't actually see this in that like four month gap where clearly he's had a falling out with Bobby. Not like there's a hatred there, but they're clearly not on the best of terms, according to Bobby. 
you know, was that Ruby's doing? Was that Ruby convincing him that Bobby's no good for you? He's trying to hold you back. He doesn't want you out there hunting because, you know, he's afraid of losing you the way he lost Dean. Prove him wrong. Go be better. This is all, as we've learned, demon manipulation. I don't like this at all. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much. I'm like, I don't like it. I want want you to take it away. Um, Do we want to move on to Dean? Just because like, I'm, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like it. Let's, let's, let's go to our favorite little queer and uh, have, have some fun. Fair enough. I just, again, that didn't sound right. (laughs) I mean, it sounds right, but not what I wanted. (laughs) Okay. So what does family Dean mean? What does family Dean to mean? Um, (laughs) So what does it mean for Dean? And would you like to get us started this time? Yeah, so I don't think it really hit me hard enough until I was like preparing for tonight's recording mm-hmm. how much the parallels there are between Sam with Ruby and Dean with Cass. Like it's incredibly blunt <laughs> when you really think about it. And I feel silly that it took me the end of the season to go, oh yeah, parallels. Uh, but I mean, Dean gets pun intended a new view on life <laughs> after the ultimate second chance. Um, right. And throughout this entire time, I think we see it. Sam's version of the narrative is that Dean is weak, whereas I think this is Dean looking to redeem himself and not be what he used to be. He's trying to really take this as a second chance. Uh, as we learn, part of this is trying to repent for this, what he did while he was in hell. But also, once you've been down there, I imagine there's anything you would do to avoid it again. Mm-hmm. So being playing it a bit safer and being a little less headstrong and a little less willing to sacrifice yourself kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I said, we have this rift between Dean and Sam. So what we normally know as family is torn a little bit. You know, Even from the moment they first reconnect right away, what is the first thing he has to deal with is, oh, you've been, you know, demonized. You're hanging out with a demon. You're using demon powers and eventually drinking demon blood. You know, this is not the brother he left four months ago or 40 years ago. You know, uh, at least again, we have a new player join the roster. We do have uh, Cass joining us who, unlike Ruby, doesn't seem to be manipulative, at least not in the same ways. <laughs> uh, but Cass really seems to be more of a like counterpoint to Dean in a way of trying to be like, Dean Cass is so much of what Dean used to be. The like, I have orders, there is a way to do things, we're gonna do it the right way. And Dean is now seeing that maybe it is not the case. And right. <clears throat> it takes Dean hitting that wall and eventually breaking Cass to the point where Cass hits that wall to realize what, what family means to him again and finally accept Sam. And again moments too late oh listen there's something that you said about dean dean seeming weak to sam and i think that there's something to be said here about masculinity and strength and weakness or perceptions of strength and weakness because mm-hmm. when we see men um standing up for I would say for basically 
any or most social justice issues, other men who subscribe to toxic masculinity will call them weak, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that there's definitely a reflection to be had about that and about how Sam's focus on the mission and not the process or like the outcome and not the process is rooted in toxic masculinity, in my opinion. No, very true. (laughs) (laughs) So those those are my thoughts about that. And I also want to just respond briefly to like your, I didn't see the parallels before. I think that you couldn't see the full parallel until the very end, because like it just that's when the parallel really explodes in your, like literally. So yeah. anyway, like cut yourself some slack here. Okay, thank you. Please do, please do anyway. Um, so if I may. Please. Um, if we start at the top of season four for Dean, like he starts off having like regained his family, right? Like he spent what we later find out was 40 years being tortured in hell in all kinds of ways. And his journey through the season is all about like finding, asking for, and accepting support from his loved ones. And that comes back to the idea of service and serving family. And I, I, I just, I, I just want to talk about Adam right away for Dean because I have another section about cast, but I just want to talk, want to talk about Adam here, because I think that it was really impressive that he didn't go along with the John routine at all. Like finding out about Adam for Dean really opened his eyes, I think, to the difference between his childhood and Adam's childhood, and it's like he's sort of like continuing the work. Um, of realizing and unpacking that he lived trauma and abuse during his own childhood. Um, At the same time, he also still reverts to John-like behaviors this season, both at the beginning and at the end, particularly with Sam. But he's got Bobby there to guide him. And he listens to Bobby. And I think that that's really the difference between Dean and John. It's that Dean actually listened and listens to Bobby. Because I think that it shows that Dean want, like it shows who Dean wants to be compared to what he reverts to when he's under massive stress. Yeah, you know what? Like taking a second to like reframe the way the two of them treat Adam, I think is emblematic of what they have how they have evolved to this point, especially in this season. Mm -hmm. We see Sam, who is very much on the war path, to put it in correct terms, uh, immediately look at this kid going, well, you're in the shit now. You may as well carry the weapons and just let's go. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dean is like, you hated this life. You wanted out of this your entire time. You knew that if you could go back and undo this, you would here we have this poor kid who has the chance to walk the fuck away. Sorry, my language, but like, let him go. Basically exactly that. Yeah. And I think that just really shows this, uh, you know, even I think we at one point this season, we even said that it was almost like a shift. Whereas Dean was the one who was like, this is my life till the end. And Sam, you're doing this till you can get out. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like Sam's like, nope, this is my life. And this is everyone's life who's involved. Whereas Dean is now like the, 
if there's a way out, if there's a way to stop this, yeah, like I'll take it. Absolutely. I think I agree with you. I think that Dean is starting to, he's starting to heal in very, very small ways, but he's starting to heal. And that healing process starts with realizing and naming what happened to you. And I think he's in that process. Yeah. Um, sorry. Clachette is like trying. It's like the, the, the door, the patio doors are closed, but she's like, like, like pawing <laughs> at it as if she wants to go outside. And I'm like, buddy, Pretty you're not allowed. Baby. <laughs> baby. Okay. So we can't talk about Dean's family this season without talking about Cass. Um, especially after we've talked about Sam and Ruby so much, because yeah. like you, like you said, right. Uh, this entire season sets up a parallel between Sam and Ruby and Dean and Cass. And we've talked about Ruby's ultimate betrayal of Sam. So now we need to contrast that with Cass's ultimate loyalty to Dean. Because in the moment where it mattered most, Dean asked for help. And we can imagine how hard that must have been for him. And Cass literally betrayed heaven, contrasting with Ruby who betrayed Sam. Heaven was his family, the family he served in order to remain loyal to Dean. And again, we see here the family that you are given, the family that is bestowed upon you, though you may think it's the family for you, doesn't necessarily mean it is. If there is family out there that better understands you and to use the term we learned earlier, may serve you in becoming a better person, in better understanding what there Mm -hmm. is out there and who you can be in becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say, cause like we tend to think of serve as like a platter with like canapes or like sandwiches with the crust cut off. But like, I think that when Bobby, this is going to sound weird, but like when Bobby yelled at Dean, that family is supposed to make you miserable. He was serving him, right. Or he was, he was offering love, attention and devotion to him and telling him that like, what you're doing is wrong. And there's yeah. something so powerful about saying that to those you love because it demands so much. Yeah, there is there is a very tough part of being family, both by blood or by found or whatever. Just if you are family, if you are with somebody, there is difficulty in being able to confront them the way Ruby never did Sam and made things too easy for him. Cass does the opposite. Cass forces Dean to look inward and think. And then even more so, because in the end, I think it's more Dean that affects Cass than vice versa. Mm -hmm. Although Dean definitely learns from the experience. We then have, as the chat has been blowing up with, and I preach weekly on this show, best dad Bobby is able to lay down the law and at least speak the voice of opposition while being Mm -hmm. completely on his side and loving him. Yeah, there you go. That moment when he says to, to Dean that, like, are we doing the right thing? Like, is this the right way to take care of Sam? Locking him up and forcing him to detox? Like, would it not be better to, like, at least try something different or at least realize what we're doing is bad and at least consider other right. options? Like, exactly. That you go. shows true love. It does. That is a true connection. Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> and there's something that, like, I want to come back to because you say you feel like this is more... Uh, 
de-enforcing casts to like to look inward. I I I agree. I mean, we've we've had a conversation about how in that moment where he Dean asks Cass for help and tells him what he cares about, that Dean changes Cass a little bit in that moment. And that's where it starts. Yeah, I, I think honestly, if there is a parallel I did not make till right now that I think is the most wholesome parallel we could make, it is Dean speaking his truth to Cass and convincing Cass there is another way. Yeah. That's just that's just Dean embracing what he learned from Bobby, saying the hard truth, even if it might hurt the other person and push them away. You know they need to hear it. <sighs> I love this. And, and that's kind of like, for me, how Dean finishes season four, because it feels like now he knows what it feels like when family actually comes together for him, um, which is something that he doesn't really know because he's never really known it from John. So this is, it's his first time kind of experiencing that and being able to contrast it with what he's known from previous experiences with, with his father. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if if this if this story time has done anything for me, uh, it is the I can't wait to do this all again in several months, but have more cast time because I yeah. want to see Cass evolve. I want to see him, and I know, again, just from the memes we all share, how silly Cass can be. But mm-hmm. I know that's all in favor of him learning how to be human. Yeah. And I am just so excited to see that relationship flourish. Mm-hmm. To see the cast that ended this season basically betraying heaven for Dean for what he considers to be true family and true emotion. I can't wait to explore more of that. Mm. Do we want to go into critical time with these wise words? I think it's a perfect time to do so. Wonderful. So normally for critical time, uh, and again, I love this. I've been doing a lot of creative writing. I didn't think sitting here reading something to you guys that I couldn't edit or play some audio with or mix was the right thing to do. Uh, But also, Mary, I feel like you have a really big chunk of things you want to do in critical time. So do you want to just take it away? Well, yeah. What, you know what, why not? Let's get it started. And then we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. Cause I feel like we got a little carried away with (laughs) with story time as we were just boasting how good we are (laughs) at managing time now. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for the last season recap, uh, we got a request to do like top tens. Um, But it was a bit too close to the event and we had already prepared for like what we wanted to talk about. So this season recap, I sort of figured that we could do a top 10 best quotes for season four. Um, And I wanted to see if you could maybe help me name the episode that the quotes are from. Did you just gamify critical time? I gamified critical time. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, you know what, maybe you should close the chat for a second, because I don't want you to get the answers, but maybe this could be a way uh, to get our uh, listeners to play along. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up just an episode list of season four, just so I have the episode titles to make my life a little easier. (laughs) 
fair enough. And and that's the thing. You can name either the episode number or the episode title, and I will um I will give you the point. And then by having that open, I am also going to cover the chat. So chat, you are <laughs> like any of our other previous live shows before today. I can't see you, uh, <laughs> so you can answer in the chat and see who can get it first, or debate, or share um, your favorite quotes. And again, we'll come back to those later. Uh, but I have the episode list in front of me. Let's go. Amazing. So just because I am trained in, in research, I'm just going to explain my method here very briefly. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Bonus so science. What I did is that I went through all of the episodes and I picked my favorite quote from each episode in this season. And then I, I basically organized them from, uh, well, I mean, 22 to one, but I only kept the top 10 because I, you know, 22 would have just taken us too long. Okay. Shoot. I'm ready. Yeah. So basically everybody in the chat, you can answer, uh, no problem. Drew has closed the chat. So you can definitely, uh, answer in there too. Uh, Drew, you're ready. Ready. All right. Number 10, this body is 100% socially conscious. I recycle Al Gore would be proud. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah, here's the problem. I know the scene, I know the character, but I can't tell you what episode it is. I'm trying to like quickly run through them and say, it's definitely Ruby okay. when she gets the body from the morgue right before it dies, the body that she is in for the remainder of this season. I'm going to say that was in, uh, I feel like it was later in the season, episode 11? No, 10. 10? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was it? Nine. Oh, I'm I knew sorry. It was like right in that little like midsection where we kind of got it some is. more plot driven stuff. You had the right section, Drew. It was like good. it was like eight, eight, nine, and ten were a little block in the middle where I was like, oh, this is all like story relative and not like fillers. That's right. Next. All right, number nine. I gotta tell you, you're one but ugly stripper. I mean, that's definitely a Dean line. And I was going to have to say sex and violence. So you're right about sex and violence, but it's not a Dean line. It's Sam when he sees the male siren and realizes <laughs> that he's Dean's siren. You're one but ugly oh stripper. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And does not look one smidge surprised that he's male. No. Anyway, moving on. Number eight. <laughs> And I'm trying to read them without the intonation because I just, I, you know, because anyway, there you go. I mean, I worshipped the guy, you know, I dressed like him. I acted like him. I listened to the same music, but you were more like him than I will ever be. And I see that now. That is going to be when the levee breaks. Episode 21. That is. Eh, oh, it's the rapture, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's, it's 19 jump the shark. What? Yeah. It's when Dean oh, tells what? Sam. Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, there you go. At his at his uh funeral. Yeah, at um at Adam's, Adam's funeral. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Okay. I, I knew it was end of season. Oh, damn it. <laughs> You're getting the like it's this is not bad. This is definitely not bad. I think I think the close and missing is what hurts more. <laughs> but carry on, please. Right, number <laughs> seven. Way too much. If I didn't know you, I would want to hunt you. Okay, this I'm trying to like it's it's that's what I was like. Picture the scene as I can picture the episode it's in. That is the end of 
uh, episode seven. And that is the beginning of Metamorphosis episode four. Oh, <laughs> right. They're having the Sorry. conversation at the beginning after the, uh, in the beginning. Right, right, right. This it's is me. much harder than I thought it would be. Oh my goodness. I'm so oh. sorry. And like, okay. as as I picture the scene now. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> that was, that was my big complaint. That was the Sam. Whoops. I had demon blood in me. Surprise. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, number six, for what it's worth, I would give anything not to have you do this in the chat. You better get this one, right? Uh, that will be, I, I know the episode from the episode title. Uh, da, 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 no, no, no. I'm very uh, proud of the chat right now, by the way. <laughs> is that on the head of a pin? Yes, it is. Congrats. Hey, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, which is the episode with the torture? <laughs> there you go. That's the one. Number five. Oh, you ain't been had till you've been had by the chief. That is Chris Angel is a douchebag. That is right. Yes. <laughs> that was that a solid TikTok. moment of like, who the fuck is the chief? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the right. chief. How can you forget the chief? That See? TikTok has like over a hundred thousand views now. <laughs> I love how that became the one. <laughs> it happens very weirdly sometimes. Number four, uh, but this movie is mine, and in it, the monster wins. Gee, if only the two words in the title of this episode weren't in the quote. Monster movie. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, such a good episode. So, oh, just my heart. I know. Okay, now we're getting to the really juicy ones. Ooh. Number three, Castiel. Oh, he uh, he's not here. See, he has this weakness. He likes you. That I guess would be it's a terrible life. It's a terrible life. That is wrong. That is it heaven is and hell. Oh, 10. what? Yep. That's right oh. after Dean sleeps with Anna, and then he has a dream about um Uriel telling him oh, about Cass. Right. That he likes oh. that Cass likes him. Thank you. Okay, first of all, an amazing quote, but also I, mean, I forgot it was Uriel who said it. I'm I need Sakuraya. the heterosexual explanation to that one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> number oh, two normies. yep I learned my lesson while I was away Dean I serve heaven I don't serve man and I certainly don't serve you um, that is the episode with Jimmy which means it's the rapture episode 20 that's correct and notice the use of serve ooh Right. Also, God bless these episodes having little like one line recaps how the word Jimmy in it. I was like, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was right. I just knew what episode was. Right. 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 All right. And number one, I'm pretty sure the chat can guess which one I'm going to keep for number one. All right. We're making it up as we go. I. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I don't, I can't even think of the line. I, my heart tells me it's a later episode. So I've kind of got a Lucifer rising going on there. And we haven't done that one yet. So that's been my guess. But I really that's right. I think that is an excellent deduction. It's the moment where they're talking to Chuck. And Chuck says, you're not supposed to be in this story. You're not in this story. And Cass says, we're making it up as we go. 
And Dean has that moment where he realizes that like Cass does not serve heaven. He serves him. Damn. Yeah. There you go. Oh, how did the chat do? As good the as- chat did amazingly. <laughs> this is where you're allowed to lie and say, oh, they did just as good as you, Drew. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew they'd do better than me at this. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? It's funny. I think in my head, I was very like, oh, this, this won't be easy, but I'll get most of these. And then it was the moment of like, I, I think with the exception of like two or three, I could picture the exact scene in line. Right. Yeah. But then just had trouble placing it within the actual episode and like order. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, so we, I had a lot of fun with this top 10 personally. <laughs> um, I This wasn't really planned. So like, it's kind of like slapdash, but I think that I will work on more now because I really had fun. This was a lot of fun. So maybe next time we can have like polls to get people to answer while Ooh. you think about it too. So that could be fun. I, I was going to say, I wonder if there's any top tens I could do just to quiz you on next time. I would love that. <laughs> oh my God. I'm an excellent loser, but I'm a terrible winner. Just so you know, I don't mind losing, but I really like winning. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that's like. <clears throat> my wife. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. That's why I love her. <laughs> actually, she's, she's a pretty sore loser too. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> God, like, she, and she, the thing is, she's the person who wins the majority of the time. Like, it's rare to play a game with her where, like, if the, if she can win, she will. Mm-hmm. So the rare time that, like, I do win at something, especially, like, repeatedly, I, I almost feel bad. <laughs> no. Winning I, is fun. <laughs> I don't know. Winning, I mean, like maybe it's something about me, but winning with her makes me feel bad sometimes. Like I feel bad that I'm taking away something that I know brings you so much joy. Oh, goodness. All right. <sighs> Would we like to move into reflection and call to action? I certainly would. Perfect. Would you like to get us started? Sure. I think this season does a really phenomenal job of sort of setting in stone the fact that there is no there's always a gray area there's no black or white answer I mean how textbook is it that demons are bad heaven is good angels are good demons are bad and while ultimately all the demons did end up being bad (laughs) despite Mm -hmm. what I was hoping for um we also learn that angels can be jerks most of them if not all of them so far Cass being our only exception even Anna I'm iffy about uh but also that like just because it is the like textbook definition of good or it's what people tell you is good doesn't mean that everything has a gray area so with that in mind I think it's just important to step back and just see the forest for the trees to not just take things at face value you know there is a multitude in everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And even if something seems right, it's worth exploring and discussing and seeing how it affects you as a person. Uh, so really my call to action, and if anyone wants to share it with me, is just to be smart enough to ask questions, but brave enough to find the answer. 
Right. I mean, that comes, I mean, to me, like what you're describing is like humility. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That thing. Oh yeah. There's a word for this. <laughs> right. To have like the courage to ask yourself hard questions and the courage to be able to answer them and to accept the answer. That's humility to me anyway. And yourself. So when I was preparing for this season recap, I like, honestly, it really made me think about how like well, about family, obviously, but particularly what keeps families together, um, whether those are blood families or chosen family. And it sort of made me realize that when you're in, a, in family with somebody, you're not united by goals. You're united by actions and by values. Because Sam and Ruby are bound by goals. They're focused on goals. They're focused on outcome. And like that attempt at family fails miserably in part because um, their everyday actions aren't done to serve or, or, you know, like to show love, attention, and devotion to the family, but something else. Whereas Dean and Cass really didn't have the same goals. And in fact, like they have very different goals for most of season four, and yet their actions are all taken in service of each other. And they're showing that love, that devotion, and that attention. So I guess my call to action is to sort of evaluate my own relationships and partnerships, just to see like who I'm bound to by goals and who I'm bound to by values. And just more generally, I guess, it's to try to focus on the process and not necessarily the outcome. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is such a, like, just within universe, very, like, looking at Cass and Dean Mm. is beautiful. Even just reflecting on my own family, like, makes me so much more appreciative of them. Wow, thank you. You're very welcome. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like a lot of time you're kind of wondering like, ugh, why am I like, why do I still talk to this person? And it's not because you have the same goals. It's right. For other reasons that are sometimes a little bit hard to put your finger on. And I think that that's what we're seeing with Dean and Cass. That's what we're seeing with Dean and Bobby. And frankly, what we're seeing between Dean and Sam who have completely different goals or at least different ways of going about things um, but we didn't see it for Sam and Ruby. They were only bound by their goals, which was to kill Lilith and look where that got them. So anyway, just some thoughts. <laughs> Shall we turn it over to the community and see what our chat has to share with us? Yeah. So would any of you have like any questions or comments? Um, do you want to share your own maybe call to action or reflection about season four? Do you have a favorite quote we didn't get to on our top tens you want to share with us? Ooh, people want to know if you have predictions for season five. <laughs> okay, so let's start with <laughs> let's start with that one because I actually don't off the top. I, I have a few. Actually, yes, I have a few. Okay. Okay. First things first, I know I've said it a few times, but I think it bears repeating, especially going into this. If I'm not mistaken, season five, episode one is the episode that turned me off of Supernatural. Season five, episode one, if it is what I recall, is the episode where I literally went, that is the dumbest thing ever. I am done. Turned it off. Like, I think in the first like quarter of the episode, 
mm-hmm. and from that point on did not watch another full episode until this show so okay. with that in mind my predictions for season five we're gonna get a lot more of the side effects or consequences to dean's whole promise to heaven i think we're gonna meet more angels and they may play a bigger role than just a kind of a plot relevance they're gonna be a little more of a like i guess adversary is the best word to use uh what is it um ah uh, the word is escaping me when they're not a villain but they're a an antagonist, antagonist. yes there you go. yes some antagonistic angels Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously we're going to meet Lucifer, but I feel like while I don't have anything specific about Lucifer, like I don't even know who the actor who portrays him is. Like I, I, mean, I, I couldn't even put a picture to the name from like media. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we'll be surprised by Lucifer in some way. Okay. Like there will be some sort of twist of he's not as evil as he says he is, or his plans are actually better than heavens. And maybe we should be siding with him over the angels question mark, debating mm-hmm. our morals. Um, I, that's those are the only big ones that come to mind. Um, I still say one of the brothers is going to knock somebody up this season. Okay. Someone, someone's getting pregnant. Okay. All right. Which which one does it? Is it one of them? Is it a weird demon baby that grows inside of Sam? I don't know. But we're getting a pregnancy somehow or an impregnation this season. Oh, goodness. Are you saying that Sam (laughs) gets pregnant? I don't know. (laughs) That's my crazy wild card suggestion. Okay. All right. Absolute. It's not going to happen, but I'm saying it just when it does happen, I look like a genius. We're going to need to start putting AO3 tags on this (laughs) podcast. Yes. Drew for shoe runner. Yeah. Because we know how good I am when it comes to walking. Right, right, right. So, Drew, uh, what do you predict specifically for Sam and Dean's relationship dynamics? I foresee it being very one-sided in the sense that Dean is much more willing to forgive Sam and trying to bring him back in. Okay. Whereas Sam can't forgive himself and uses that to pull himself away from Dean. Okay. I All right. Think. So basically continuing that, like pushing people away, feeling bad about himself, not yeah, basically accepting who he is. Exactly. Not being able to accept himself, thus not mm-hmm. able to accept the love that Dean is trying to give him. Whereas mm-hmm. Dean and by extension, Bobby and I bet even Cass will do mm-hmm. whatever it takes to kind of keep him around and remind him that, yes, he made a mistake, but he's grown and he has learned and we can correct this. Okay. All right. Interesting. Goodness, I lost my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would have been better if you had. Do you want to tell the story very quickly about what happened at Comic-Con or before we even got to (laughs) Comic-Con? So I think it's amazing to sort of just picture my weekend real quick. On Saturday, I did combat archery, which I didn't know was a thing until we got there. And this, for anyone who doesn't know, like I didn't know, is dodgeball with bows and arrows. Of course, the arrows are like big foam tips, but like they fire pretty damn far and they hit pretty dang hard. I mean, like dodgeball would hurt getting hit with kind of thing. Like it was really fun and it was tiring and it was a crazy workout. Uh, And then I was totally fine after that. And on the walk to Comic-Con, I managed to trip, catch myself on the foot I had just twisted and thus 
put all of my weight on a now twisted ankle and fell face first onto the pavement. Luckily, able to somewhat catch myself. Uh, so I was able to not damage my face. Right. I was so was, worried about that. Yeah, that I was, was so like number glad one. That, that didn't happen. Um, but after the whole day at Comic-Con where it sort of just felt like a twisted ankle. Like it didn't really feel worse than that. Because listeners, I do want to put in there because he's not telling you the whole story, but like both Rochelle and I were like, do you want to turn around? Like the car's right there. We can like go, like go back home. Like, you know, we weren't, we weren't like, oh, well, Drew, you're inconveniencing us right now. Like we, we definitely offered and tried to convince him to go seek some help. I respect that so much and I thank you. And I feel like I need to then reiterate this wasn't a toxic masculinity moment of like, no, I'm a man. I could fight through this. It legitimately at the moment just felt like a twisted ankle. Like mm-hmm. as someone who is poorly coordinated and has tripped many times before, it did not feel that much more excessive. And like even walking around Comic-Con. And again, I think the big thing is you're like shuffling like a few millimeters at a time that like you really don't think about it. And it wasn't until we actually were leaving and taking like normal human steps that it occurred right. to me, oh, this kind of does hurt. And it right. has been like three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, I just want to read you yeah. a comment from Lucia. True, oh, nerd, is, I, true yeah, nerd is limping on a twisted ankle <laughs> all day so he could participate in Comic-Con. Honestly. <laughs> There, there is a part of me that was like, I'm not missing Comic-Con over an injured ankle. That's stupid. I want to go do all the Comic-Con stuff. It was Mary's first Comic-Con. It was. I got to and be I got, there. Okay. I got to meet Liz Lee for anybody who knows her. Okay. By the way, yes, we got to do it like photo op with Jim Beaver, but like I got to meet Liz Lee and like I said, oh my gosh, I'm very embarrassed of how that went. But I just want to show you that I got a little sticker. Oh, I don't know if you're going to oh, see the it. blur. There, oh, uh, the blur is not allowing me to. But anyway, it's the Colt and the Angel Blade. Yay! <laughs> um, and I mean, even just like, I'll be honest, Jim Beaver, like as much as if you've been to a Comic-Con before and done the photo shoot part of things, like it really is like in, out, in, out. It is like clockwork. Right. Um, But the fact that I was able to like walk eyes with Jim for like a second and get just the most dad-like smile out of him. Yeah. My heart <laughs> melted. That was awesome. To the point that I then kneeled on the sprained ankle for the photo without even thinking about it. We'll show you, we'll show you the picture soon. Yeah. We'll but for now, Drew, would you like to take us into the outro? I think it's time. Thank you. You've been listening to Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast produced by Rochelle Castellano, hosted by Mary Vigahu and myself, Drew Shulman. Thank you to our bunker patrons, Katira and Michelle and Elle for their generous support. This week, we'd like to thank everyone who was able to make it to our live show for their participation. Help us keep the conversation going. You can send us a three-minute voice recording at carryingwayward at gmail.com. We need more for season five. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube using at carryingwayward. And leave us a rating and a review on your podcast service of choice. And don't forget to join our coffee or Patreon for perks and extra content. You can use the link in all of our social media bios or go directly to carryingwayward.com. So we're going to take a short two-week break, but don't worry. We've got some fun stuff planned for you during this time. And we'll be back on September 23rd with season five, episode one, Sympathy for the Devil. Carry on our wayward friends. Carry on our wayward friends.